Guys, uh, welcome to the Blacklist Sessions. This is where we talk about music, uh, film, business, and pretty much anything in between. So I'm really excited about the guests that we have today. Uh, we got Jack and Hugh. How are you guys? Very well, thanks. Good, man. Thanks for having yeah. us. Oh, that's good. So you guys have done some really amazing stuff, <laughs> and you're still pretty pretty young as well. So it's pretty crazy stuff. Do you want to tell us a bit about what's been happening? Appreciate the kind words. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, Cheers. Yeah, we've, we've been busy. We, we put on the very first big country festival earlier this year in May down in Berry, which is pretty close to our hometown. Um, and we're doing a handful of other bits and pieces around the place. Got a festival called Rewind in the Vines um, and a few sporting events yeah. on the side as well. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a challenging couple of years, but rewarding at the same time <laughs> fantastic mm. so i think the best place to start would be to start with a bit of background of uh how you guys kind of got into into marketing and how you got into running the business and uh all that kind of thing so what was it um you guys went to to uni and did a bit of studying there so jack and i've been like mates for years now when do we meet probably 15 years old i'd say yeah we both did triathlon really early on like in our lives and we met through through sport and we'd obviously we're in similar yeah, areas growing up and moved to Sydney. I moved to Sydney just after school, um, to 2013, and lived up there for six, seven months. And then, yeah, got a call from Jack, and he wanted to move up to Sydney as well. So we kind of, yeah, we both teed up there and ended up living together for About four years. Four years in Sydney, yeah. yeah. So, so, and I, I went up and did the uni thing. So I uh, did my undergrad at the Australian Institute of Music. So it's essentially a business degree focused around the music industry, which was which was pretty cool. Hugh I went up and I studied in real estate for three years, studied and worked in real estate. Jeez, I'll have to have a chat with you, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> so um, you can line up some deals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was really good. I went up and like learned how they did things up there and really different to home like yep. it's a completely different environment really um yeah pretty full on but it was good and and sort of learnt the ropes in business and and in life so to speak mm. up there and then yeah kind of yeah so kind of kind of two different paths i suppose mm. one the uni side and one more straight into the workplace mm-hmm. um I, I finished up at aim in 2016 uh, spent a year at Fairfax Media working on their sporting events team. So, City to Surf, mm-hmm. Sydney Morning Herald Half Marathon and a bunch of others all around the country. Um, we did that for about a year and we were just sort of, you know, getting a little bit tired of the the full time in the city mm-hmm. kind of, that kind of lifestyle. Yep. <laughs> and missing home. You know, we're from, yeah. we're from the South Coast. So, you know, it's very different to home. Um mm-hmm. And I think there's always like when you're away from home and you're you're in a, a, a relatively hectic place. It's it's really good to do your time there and do and learn what you can while mm. you're there. But it's never going to fully feel like home. Yeah, I think it's always going to be an element of, you know, at some stage there will be an end date to this. Yep. Um, and, and when you sort of feel like you've got what you need out of it at a certain time, I think and an opportunity yeah. comes up. Like we had a, a fantastic opportunity and, and Jack's dad was involved with 100% events mm-hmm. for I think four or five years prior yep. to our involvement. And 
run that really successfully and had a, a range of different events and you know all around New South Wales and an international triathlon as well in Fiji um, and he was looking to move on from that and, and sort of hand the reins over and that's where the opportunity came about. So Fantastic. So um, when you guys were working in the city, uh, what were some of the biggest things that really helped you? Because uh, you were in the operations department and working on the marketing and all that kind of thing. What were some of the most important things you think you learned there that you took away uh, to run your own own events? Yeah, sure. I think I think for me, and and looking back, it was very important for me to soak in everything that I could while I was working in these sort of sized mm. organisations that have been around for quite a while. So I guess you know, cutting your teeth and and being shown how things work before diving in and trying to do it yourself is a great way to mm -hmm. to start out, you know. So, you get a solid understanding of what sort of management's involved in running large-scale events. Yeah. Um, so, just being exposed to that is, mm. is hugely important and it doesn't have to be as a part-time or a full-time uh, position, you know. It can just be on any sort of weekend event, just put your name out there. You know, I did a lot of volunteering, countless, countless festivals and events and venues and and really just just going into it with your eyes open. Yeah, you know? fantastic. That I think for yep. me, it was like working in the, the eastern suburbs property market. It was such a, a high energy, like a high paced environment to mm -hmm. be in and, and the guys we were working with, like we were one of the leading firms in, in Coogee there and just seeing the way that they go about and manage their time, you know, day to day, it was just, yeah, it was really good to to sort of take what you can from that and and to be involved with with them. It's like you know mm, they're really yeah. making some time, some serious time stuff happen. I think yeah. it's such a big thing. And like, marketing and you yeah. know, operations of business day to day, you know, routines of, of how to run businesses as well. And that's that was a big thing that I sort of took out of, of NJ Farah in Coogee. Yeah. yeah, well that that's it. Hey, like I know especially with my own business and doing all the filming and gigs, like there's a lot of things that I'm juggling at once. So I mm. find um, for myself and running the business that scheduling was yeah. really important and just making sure that, you know, had everything locked in. It wasn't just, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll remember that for, for later. Do, <laughs> yeah. do you run on like a, like a, you've got a, a handful of things that you do every week at the same sort of time or is it a little <laughs> bit more free form? Not really. I used to do um, a lot of casual teaching and, and things yeah. like that in high cool. schools yeah. and, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, you've got your, your time that you would do at school, but now because the business and and the music is so busy, yeah. uh, the only thing that's really scheduled is I know I'm going to have gigs on the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. But, you know, you, you never know with the filming, like one day you'll be down in Victoria, next week I'll be in the Sunshine Coast. Pretty hard yeah. to keep a routine with that sort yeah. of Yeah, that you just got to keep a routine within the madness, I guess. Yep. And I, yeah. I guess uh, the scheduling really helps with that routine. It's like, right, okay, well, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. And yeah, I think for sure. that, that really helps just not go crazy. Keeping the calendar <laughs> under control for yeah, sure definitely for sure 100 percent. so big country festival guys <laughs> i was there and it was one what, of the best you think? events i've ever seen it was a good day, wasn't and it? for the first yeah. year to get over five thousand people yeah is just insane for, yeah, for it was a good country day. event it was good fun wasn't it it was uh we were pretty overwhelmed with yep. the with the response for sure and it was uh, a tall ask you know we had never been at the helm of uh an event that sort of size. So I think our biggest prior to that was two thousand three hundred, just over yeah. two thousand. So we less, essentially so. had doubled um, yeah. in compared to the previous festival we and put that was on. Like, that so was five weeks prior to Big Country as well. So that yeah, was, they were pretty it was, pretty smack bang it was after an each insane other. Sort of time um, pulling every, everything together. Like yeah. the last six weeks was just. 
yep. mental. Yep. So what was like the inception point? Where where was the point where you're like, you know what, we're going to put on this huge country festival and it's going to be big. You know, it's, <laughs> it's so funny because Hugh and I, we're coastal kids. We're a little bit separate separated from the country music world you know it's it's not something that we were really exposed to growing up and in our friend circles um the first time we did get a glimpse into that world was denny yeah, it was 2017, denny, 2017. We, we ended up down there that was just um, when we'd become involved with the business as yeah well. sort of like on two on months a previous in. on a on a different sort of matter yeah um and we just got down and it was like it was eye-opening, you know. Yep. It's a Lee full Kernigan was playing culture of itself, and, and Wolf Brothers. Being able to watch cool Lee, lineup. you know, mm. as your first introduction to country music <laughs> is is you know pretty insane. So we sort of looked at that and went, you know, hey, there's a lot of people that are into this, and it's pretty damn fun, and there's nothing really similar on around the coast, you know, or even near Sydney. Mm. Um, so we sort of wanted to capture the most exciting elements of what we saw mm. um which was of course the music but also the the bull riding you yeah. know that high energy kind of stuff and then you know go for a a little bit more of a gourmet food sort of mm. aspect um so that was kind of the formula and i suppose the the start of the idea um then it was just picking a name and and finding a venue yep. um, that that would suit, um, and the name took a few took a few goes. Yep. There was a few names from from all over the, over the place, and in the end, it was my old man as a knack for coming up with these catchy things. Yep. Um, Comes up with a lot of non-catchy things as well, but big, big country. <laughs> I remember he, he put it in our, our Facebook group chat. And he said "big country," and it was like kind of just a click. We're like, "Yes, that's moment. it. Yeah. That's it. That's Dumb. the name." Wow. Um, it's well, funny how it kind of just comes about like. Well, that. that's it. I think it's great that you guys have come from an out, outside perspective, and then you've gone mm. down Denny and just seen this madness. Because I, I was down there last week. With yeah, Liam, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and had the gig there, and we are uh, we actually did some filming out in the Ute paddock where yeah. we camps. And yeah. It's uh, it's a cultural experience. Also. Gets pretty absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, it is. Top and, festival. You know, I mean, we've been going to music festivals all our life, essentially, and and that's that's sort of where yeah. my passion lies mm-hmm. is in music festivals. But Definitely. Um, yeah, that was the first of that sort of style, um, and you know, I, I just love how they they bring people together. But you know, it's it's an emotion and an experience that just can't be matched yeah, with well, anything I else. I think that's something that you guys did so well with the festival because um, a lot of other genres um, really have a knack for creating like a vibe and creating a sort of yep. cultural yep. event. Like you look at all the Triple J events and, you know. They've they, got a bit of character, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've got character. And then obviously you rock and your heavy metal, you know, everyone's got their, got the their culture for that. Yeah. yeah. But um, I think a, something that a lot of country festivals um, kind of miss is like, oh, you know, we'll just put on some bands and we'll have a great time. But Show I the think, stage uh, up and yeah. people have a good time. <laughs> I yeah. think in, in any industry, in any business, as soon as you, if, if you're bringing anything new to the table, mm. um, as a relative outsider, so to speak, it's, you're going out on a limb and it's, it's always going to be a risk and you're not 
quite sure at the start how it's going to go. Are we going to sell tickets? Mm. Are people going to actually like this? Is there going to be a good vibe on the day? Are people going to enjoy themselves? And mm. and I think you only really find that out by having a crack and by having a solid crack. And mm. we were like, we kind of thought, you know, we might get two, 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, obviously the, the Berry Showground's <laughs> a great venue and Berry's a great town to, to host something like that in. But, you, you know, you're never really 100% sure. And still, it's, you know, and still like that probably for, for every big mm. festival in the world. Tomorrowland's probably thinking, you know, are we going to still be able to maintain this level of, of, of patronage and excellence and mm-hmm. whatever? So, yeah. yeah, I think it's definitely, it's, it's good when it all comes off. Yeah. What do you think the point was where you're like, okay, this is actually going to work. We're going to get some great crowds and this is going to... Gonna go off. Go for three thousand people. As soon as it kind of hit yeah. three thousand, three and a half thousand, it was kind of like this is going to be serious. This is going to be a good day. And yeah, it like, kind of worked. Like. We the first couple of days we got through like over two thousand tickets, and it yeah. was kind of just like okay, that went off, we've yeah. still got like six months to go. This is going to be. <laughs> pretty decent you know um and a little bit intimidating as well like mm-hmm. you know five five and a half thousand people or five thousand people mm-hmm. at a festival it's a lot of it's a lot of people and having not um you know produced an event of that size previous to that it was you yeah, know, it exciting is, but a little bit daunting yeah, at the same it's time definitely a bit of a risk hey mm-hmm. yeah. so what is it because most most people that go to the festivals you know they see the food trucks and they they see the bands and they're like yeah it sounds great but <laughs> what is it that actually goes into the festival all the stuff that people don't see which really turns it into a great event I think I think how the, long you got? Like, yeah, <laughs> you just, I got it's, a, it's a long list, but I think the main part that people probably don't realise is how much collaboration is involved. How mm. many people come together yeah. to make this experience happen? You know, mm. it's not just two people. It's not just five people or one company. It's yep. so many different groups of people involved from. Volunteers, artists, obviously, production staff, staging crew, your general labourers, artist liaisons, bar. Mm -hmm. We haven't even got into the vendors, merchandise. (laughs) Like, there's so many different people that become the identity of the event. Mm. And then, of course, everyone that comes on the day, each individual person or group of people that are involved have their own stamp on what the festival ends up being. Um, And I think that's one thing that you can sort of miss mm-hmm. just just walking in as a as a punter on the day mm-hmm. you know you kind of just walk around take it in and it's, it's all good but you know there's probably close to hundreds of people involved in making this what it is who have all it, got to be on the same wavelength as well and, mm-hmm. and all got to have a similar goal in mind and um you know i think that's where the management and the people management comes into things it's it's so important to have everybody on the same page mm-hmm. um you know, cooperating together at once for 12 hours during an event. And it's, you know, to have that all happen and come together is, yeah, it's yeah, special. it's cool. huge. There's a, definitely a lot of moving parts there. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Especially when you've got bulls coming in and out and, you know, it's like there's live animals involved. Don't even start it's me on the bulls. So many, it's a lot of moving parts to all happen. And mm. for that to all come off, you know, without a glitch, it's it's really, it's it's tough work. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about the marketing a little bit because I think that sure. was definitely yeah. one of the strengths um, that got you guys such great numbers uh just speaking to a few artists on the day they're like man these guys they're they're so onto it they're really organized so um what do you think it was that really helped you to generate a lot of ticket sales really quickly look i um in terms of generating ticket sales quickly and and festivals and selling events in general you cannot underestimate the importance of the launch yep getting it right from day one because that's when half the people that are going to eventually come make their minds up. Mm. So, the more people you convince right then and there, 
the more people you're going to end up with. So, it was very, very important for us to make sure that all of the content that came out represented what the day was going to be out about. And that's really hard to do when you've got no content from previous years mm. as well. So all of our content that we used through that launch period, and it was all, funnily enough, video, mainly video, yep. that was all stock stuff off the internet. There was a yeah, fair bit right. of stock. There was but, a fair bit of stock, and, yeah. and I'd love to take all the credit, but there's there's <laughs> too many uh, smart people involved in the marketing side of things um, that eventually got it to where it was. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we had fantastic digital marketing manager mm-hmm. uh, working with us through the whole campaign. Uh, we worked with a digital agency for mm-hmm. all of your Facebook and uh, digital ad targeting and retargeting and all that really you know, fancy designer. stuff. The graphic design, graphic design stuff. you know, mm-hmm. and then a bit of general direction from um, a, a few people that are supporting us in the background. Again, it's the team thing. Yeah. You've got to use everyone's strengths. <laughs> You've got to be the glue that pulls everything together and synthesizes that into the campaign. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. So, what do you think the breakdown was? Did you guys spend uh, most of the advertising online or did you do a little bit like around the town with posts and things? Mainly online, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, everyone's everyone's on the digital world these days in terms of your audience. Um, So, and and it's obviously important to have your brand represented there so it's it's a big portion of it but yep. i think it's it's equally as important not to forget about all the other avenues because you know while there's a lot of people online not everyone's on there or not everyone spends as much time as <laughs> as, the, the, as the average people do <laughs> um and you know one of the things that we really loved about big country was that it, it felt like if you would feel like you weren't out of place if you're a 12 year old, if you're a 20 year old, if you're a 40 year old, if you're a 60 year old. Yeah, you could have been in any, you know any age bracket, and it felt like you weren't out of place. Mm. Yep. So that's a wide age bracket <laughs> to be talking to. Yeah, you know, is across huge. a lot of mediums. So which means we, the marketing has to be on, spread. We mm. spent money on radio. We spent money on posters, on print, on. We didn't do TV last year, but we will be this year. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really just about hitting as many different places yeah, as you can. And finding what you know. sticks. It's kind of that formula with marketing. It's it's not one thing is proven to be, you know, mm. 100% effective. It's it's having the broadest range that you can possibly fit into your budget and seeing what sticks, putting yeah. everything on the wall. And, and you know, if you, if you do that, I think you're going to give yourself the best chance at, at reaching the maximum amount of people. We reached mm. a lot of people through that campaign. And yeah. don't, don't underestimate how much... Um, PR, I suppose you could call it. Definitely. You can, you can generate yourself. Yep. You know, there's there's a lot of people out there, uh, online blogs and smaller magazines that are looking for content, looking for stories, as I'm sure you'd be yep. well accustomed to. <laughs> um, and and don't be afraid to to go out to those people and say, hey, I've got this artist doing this. Do you want to talk about that? Or I've this is a festival coming to this town. Do you want to talk about that? You know, tailor it to. Mm. who the the media outlet is um, and you can get a lot of reach 
that way yeah. and it doesn't cost anything. Well, that's what it's all about, you know, yeah. just getting the message out and then the, yeah. the people that bite will bite. That's it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. great. So, um, what... What was the uh, decisions behind the lineup? Like, uh, obviously, it's you know, there's a budget you've got to work mm. with. Yeah. How do you go about creating a great festival lineup with the most bang for your buck? I think first year we just wanted to make it as good as we possibly could with what we mm-hmm. had available to us, yep. and and to book the the cream of the crop in Australia. I think mm. that was really the key. And obviously, seeing the what happened at Denny when we were down there, and, and at a few other festivals as well, it was you know it was pretty clear that there's a certain group of, of mm. Australian acts who are, who are right up there and really good supports as well, and really good local supports. Yeah, and I, I think you've got to really listen to the songs of the artists that you're considering. You know, and think about how that's going to play out at the festival is this this is a good festival song you know is this going to make people dance is this going to make people happy that's the kind of feeling that we're going for so if you've got artists that replicate that you know someone like a Travis Collins Mm. stands out because that's kind of his ethos you know did you say he said it at Big Country Travis's yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I love Travis I think he's got one of the best voices in the country and you know his sets they're great you know it's a good mix so you know it'll take you on a journey it'll start really fast everyone knows his songs yeah Yeah. it was such a a big contingent of that everyone was into it yeah Um, and and I think second to that is is obviously (laughs) being lively on the socials you know are these people that are going to get behind the event and, and mm. support it and actually really want to be involved. Yep. Um, and, and are they engaged with their fans? You know, because yeah. that's, that's, especially as a first year, you know, a lot of your initial audience is going to be through the fan base of the artists that are playing. 100%, yeah. I mean, they're, they're the channels that you really work through um, until you've got the name built up where, you know, like yeah. CMC, for example, they're you know, yeah, selling out a lineup without even without saying what it is. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but absolutely. As a, as a brand new festival, they're your advocates. Yeah. You know, you're, yeah. they're your brand advocates and that's... Yeah. that's really it's a good strength to have yeah mm-hmm. awesome it's a hundred percent right i think about the um looking at like kind of the songs that are that are really important mm. and um, the live set if you've if you've seen the live yeah. set you know how how what's their performance like live you know yeah you want someone to that's gonna that. animate the crowd um not someone that's gonna put you to sleep yep fair enough uh well what was some of the biggest challenges you think with with running the festival I know there's probably probably a few challenges, but yeah. we'll go through biggest. yours first. Look, I guess like pulling together, uh, you know, the operations and everything mm. else that goes along with putting on an event for five and a half thousand people. It was relatively new to us. Um, and I don't think there was one that stood out for me, but a range of different sort of things that, you know, we've got sort of to a point you know eight weeks out from the festival and we were like this is going to be really quite solid and substantial Mm. um and look we were really lucky to have a lot of good advisors and 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 people around us who have done this stuff before and and run festivals of thirty thousand people and they really did help us so you know i think without that support um we would have been in a different different position but um yeah look in terms of challenges it's it's, the whole thing is a challenge Mm, you know there's not really one specific thing for me that stood out but it was to to find the formula it's just a puzzle puzzle. exactly just finding Um, the formula to to navigate that in the leading in weeks it's that was that was the i suppose on my end i mean there are a few but the ones that jump out at me now looking back firstly i'd have to say camping Mm -hmm. and organizing the campgrounds i mean we put 600 people into a paddock that had one tap. Damn. So <laughs> you start from that blank canvas yep. and you've got to build that 
in a budget, you know, without yep. without blowing all the money that you've got. Um, that was a challenge of mm. finding out, okay, what's the best way to do toilets? What's the best way to do showers? What about food? What about medical? What about all these different elements? And then you bring safety into the yeah. consideration. So, and what if it pours rain and how are mm-hmm. we going to get cars out? And, yeah. yeah. Well, that's just it. There's so many little things that a lot of our festival goers, they just don't realize goes yep. into the yep. planning. Like, you, you don't know, think of everything. The tap thing. Like, no, no festival goer would have thought about that. Well, and <laughs> like, you don't think about plumbing because it's just such a yeah. normal just part of our life. Granted. But exactly. if you've got no plumbing, like, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you need to solve that. Yeah. Um, so, that was, that was a big one and then the other would probably be i mean we put the bull riding on inside the showgrounds mm-hmm. essentially right next to the main stage so yep. coordinating getting two trucks of dogs of dirt in for the flooring of that and getting the bulls in and out safely and making sure that bulls don't escape you'll mm-hmm. be five thousand people on the yeah, other side of the fence kind of important yeah <laughs> a little bit um you know, and then of course, you know, there's a lot of stakeholders involved. So mm. ensuring that everyone's happy with how the venue's being used, and you know what the impacts on the town's going to be like. So yeah. there are a lot of little things as well, like oh, the countless. site layout, where the stage is going to be, how the stage is going to look in photos, mm. how the stage is going to look with the sun setting, and and what's mm. behind the stage. And Jack and I go through these things in in pretty crazy detail. Yeah. Just the the little intricacies that that go towards. You know, like it was a there was a staging truck behind the stage, and it was pointed out from one of the team that it's not going to look great in photos. That was that, that was Jay. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that. was it? That was Jay. <laughs> wow, heck oh, it, was, <laughs> it was Wolfie's. Yeah, well, Wolfie's in Lee. Yeah, yeah. 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 But it yeah. was like the the photo is not going to look amazing if there's going to be a truck behind it. We like the trees there, and it was like yep. that was when I first met yeah. you, Jay. Um, yeah. Interesting. What, what, did you, what did you think of me tapping you on the shoulder and hey, can you stop uh, doing this filming and go and move a truck for me, please? <laughs> <laughs> well, the photos looked right at the end, so it all yeah. worked. Yeah. It worked out yeah. well. Yeah, well, I think um, like the positioning of the sun and all that sort of stuff yeah, is great. Like, um, I know I was at the back of the stage for, for Lee and the Wolf Brothers getting some video and photo. Man, like yeah. seeing all the people out there and, and then like having the, the pavilion up the back. Like, yeah, it was great. It looks awesome. We were going to yeah. have a big food tent as well in the in the um, the food vendors area mm. and mm-hmm. we were kind oh. of a few weeks out and there was like that's where the at the Berry Showgrounds I'm not sure if you listeners are familiar with the venue but mm. there's a the whole camping area in that venue and it was um it had a, a whole lot of power outlets and yep. fire hydrants and stuff and we just it was just physically not possible to fit our food tent there so like underground cables underground everywhere. cabling yeah it was just a minefield and, and it was a bit too risky to to hammer anything into the ground and yeah, it was I imagine yeah like <laughs> just almost, these little things it was like this is this could be a, a decisive part mm-hmm. of you know the whole festival changing and it's just navigating those little issues that are really um we almost brought a ferris wheel in oh really? yeah and, and dodging cars was, they were both serious <laughs> considerations <laughs> Pretty glad now. Uh, we don't want to give anything um, away for future years. You know, you could keep it in your diaries, maybe. Oh, we had yeah. the mechanical bull. The mechanical bull went off. Yeah, that was that was, cool. that was a winner. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably so went down a bit better than the dodgems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk about future plans then. So uh, obviously sure. you guys are going to run it again because it was just such a great event. So yep. uh, what what are the future plans? Well, we're coming back. Great. Without giving um, too much away, the <laughs> secrets. Um, yeah, we're coming back. We're working hard to to pull everything together now for launch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about how we can make it better and how we can build on it and, yeah, and grow and, the festival. That's, that's the big bigger. part now. That's, that's the theme. Yep, just big, bigger. Big country gets bigger. Fantastic. Yep. Um, 
still it'll still be one day it'll still be in and around in berry um you know they'll still be camping uh, expect be, much of the same you know, uh, it's the same sort of experience that. but amplified yep, so you know mm-hmm. absolutely we, we got through one year and we came out the other end and said that was really fantastic but mm-hmm. hey wouldn't it be amazing if we did this with the rodeo you know maybe amped up the speaker the sound system there and mm-hmm. ran it at night with a nice set of lights and yep. you know all little bits and pieces that you look at and you go that would be amazing next yep. year, you yep. know. Um, so, we're working on that stuff now and, yeah, mm. trying to get together the whole the whole launch, um, yep. which should be happening, you know, touch wood in the next four to six weeks. Fantastic. Oh, that sounds very exciting. It's all happening, yeah. Um, so, do you guys have any other festivals that you're looking to run in the meantime along with Big Country? Yeah. Um, well, we're kind of we're kind of focused on on big country for now. Mm-hmm. We Always. do have another festival called Rewind in the Vines. Yep, mm. that's like an old school rock throwback festival. Um, that actually came about before Big Country did. That was mm. the first music festival we did, and that was based in uh, in Griffith out west. Yep, um, that went really well. We've had some big headliners there: Daryl Braithwaite and the Fantastic. Angels and Ross Wilson, the Choir Boys, Radiators. So that's happened twice now. And so yeah, just a, just a couple there. of small names, yeah, yeah, ladies some, and gentlemen. <laughs> Some of you guys from the 80s and, um, yeah, look, definitely, that's definitely still on the cards as well. We're looking at, um, yeah, some, some potential stuff. That's great. Right. Yeah, that's fantastic, guys. And especially 20, 24 years old. 20, yeah, both yeah, 24. Both 24. 24. Yeah, 24. They're running music festivals. Amazing. <laughs> Needs to be more folks like you in this world taking risks and having a go. <laughs> Straight back at you. Yeah, no, so, yeah, thank you guys so much fun. for coming um, on the podcast. Really no great to talk to you. And Pleasure, I, man. I hope um, a lot of folks uh, got some insight and what actually goes into a festival and you know what it takes to really run a business and make it all happen. So, thank you guys. Yeah. Cheers. Uh, all good. Thanks, Thanks for having us, Jay. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Awesome. So, yeah, you've been listening to the Blacklist Sessions. Uh, It's been great to talk to Jack and Hugh, and I guess we'll see you later.